Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Sunday message, Sunday the 1st of October 2023. I'd like to start by reading a passage of scripture found in the New Testament, the epistle of John, 1st John, chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 5 to 7. That's the epistle of John, the first epistle, chapter 1, from 5 to 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Yeshua, the Anointed One, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Bless us. Today we pray with this word. May it bring forth understanding. May you grant us revelation in our hearts that we may pick up the heart of the Father and become more like you. Thank you that there will be no interference as this word is ministered and as it is heard for all those who are listening. And we thank you for this in the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, the title of this message is Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. And the question is, what does it mean for us Christians living in this world to walk in the light? Does it mean that whenever the lights go out, thanks to ESCOM, we must quickly lie down and stop walking? Obviously, that's not the case. But what does it really mean? Well, we find more information in the Word. And if we look at the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it has this to say, The people that walked in great darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light hath shined. Now, it's important in trying to understand this to realize that very often God uses physical reality to explain spiritual truth. Objective lesson, you might call it. And you see, the truth of the matter is that this is not physical light that he's talking about. Isaiah prophesying down the centuries was not living in darkness. There was a sun, and it rose day to day as it had from time immemorial. But he's talking about a people that despite the sun shining down and light from fires, were still walking in great darkness. What exactly is that darkness? Well, a clue is found in Psalm 43, Verse 3, and it says there, O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. 
You see that? Send out your light and your truth. What we've got to understand is that the spiritual light is closely associated, if not identical to truth. You see, when you and I are walking on this earth, whether we realize it or not, to a large extent we are ignorant of what's actually going on around us. There is a spiritual world around us that causes many of the things that we experience from day to day. Now, if we are ignorant and we can't see these things, we are walking around in darkness. And when we walk in darkness, that places us in great danger. At night, if you were camping perhaps, and you needed to go somewhere in the middle of the night, and you got out of the tent, you'd be wise to take a torch with you. Because, especially in the felt, if he's stumbling around in the darkness, you're liable to fall over a tent peg, a tree stump, a rock, etc., etc. Can you see that? However, if you have light and you can see properly, the dangers are minimized. Now, I don't think it's necessary to explain that the world in which we live is fraught with danger. Just today, Janet and I were walking down the road, and there on the other side of the road was an elderly gentleman, much the worse for wear. You could see he was destitute. He was lying propped up against a wall, sleeping. And by looking at his clothes, by looking at his face, by looking at his whole demeanor, you could easily conclude that this man in his life on this earth had hit a few pitfalls and was struggling. And he's not alone, obviously. Many people get shipwrecked in the lives that they live. And obviously God wants us all to live full lives and good lives. But you see, the key to it, the key to it is walking in the light, which means walking with understanding, walking in the truth. The psalmist cries out to God and says, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. In other words, may your truth guide me in my life so that it will be successful ultimately. And that should be the cry of every person. Now, what was Isaiah talking about when he said, the people that are walking, stumbling around in great darkness, shall one day see a great light? Well, with hindsight, we know exactly who he was talking about, not what he was talking about. And we find in the Gospel of John, the Lord himself saying these words, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. 
He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Well, what exactly did he mean by that? You see, the truth is that there's a close association with darkness and sin. When you and I are involved with activity that is not pleasing to God, that falls short of what is expected of us, the spiritual result of that is, without even realizing it, darkness. Or should I rather say a blindness comes over us. We become blinded to a certain extent. You see, the result of sin is darkness. The degree to which you and I walk in sin, to that degree, our lives are dark. We live in darkness. We stumble around and we get damaged. If you recall the first scripture that we read, 1 John 1 verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Yeshua, the anointed one, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Can you see that? This connection between light, darkness, and sin. Now what the Lord did, Christ when he came, as we all know, by dying on the cross, he paid the price for our sin. So you see, you and I are stumbling around in darkness. When we come to him in humility, repent of our way of life, accept him. Accept the atoning work of his blood. It cleanses away our sin. The moment that happens, you see, in a sense, a light comes on. I remember the day when I gave my heart to the Lord, not in so many words, but the day I was born again. The next day, everything looked different. Everything seemed different. There was a spring in my step. And without realizing it, of course I realize it now, what happened is the darkness in which I was living was to a certain extent dispelled. So you see, the first thing to understand with this whole process of living and walking in the light is to recognize the connection between that and sin. And you see, although one gets born again and our sins are washed away, please understand it is an ongoing process. You see, walk in the light means continually walking in the light. If you're taking a stroll in the middle of the night while you're camping, you don't just put the light on once and say, oh, well, now I've seen everything. I can make my way. No, we have to carry the light with us. In a sense, when you and I are walking in life, we need to consistently, consistently allow the light of God to shine on our footsteps, on our path, on our lifestyle. And you see, if one understands that there's this connection between truth and light, we've got to understand that growing in the truth, as it were, is also progressive. And obviously, the primary source for truth in your and my life is the precious Word of God. So you see, our responsibility is twofold. When I first got saved, I didn't know much. And God didn't expect me to walk in the fullness of His whole Word, simply because I was ignorant. 
with the children, we often sing that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, you see, we start off perhaps with a little bit of light. And the responsibility from God's perspective is twofold. Number one, we are required to walk in as much light as we have. The common phrase in English is according to your lights. You and I are required to walk in as much light as we have. However, it doesn't stop there, you see. We also have a responsibility to be continually expanding our knowledge. Continually, as it were, opening the curtain of the Word of God in our lives to allow more light to shine in. This is an ongoing process that you and I will continue doing right until the day we die and then we will really see the light. But you see, it's a process. Walking in the light is growing in God. Finding out more about Him, more about the way He thinks. Renewing our minds to the way He thinks so that we might have more light. And you see, the more light we have, the better equipped we are to deal with life. Just to go back to this illustration again. If I'm trying to use the little light on my cell phone to walk through the bush at night, I might still hit my foot against a rock or something worse. But if I've got a strong flashlight and it blazes away and I can see very clearly, much better chance of having a safe trip. You see, and that's us in life. There's a lot of, how shall I say, pitfalls out there. Rocks, as it were. Dangers. But as you and I spend time renewing our mind with the Word of God, we have more light. We understand things better. We understand what God thinks about situations and what's really happening. And the more light we have, you see, the safer we are and the more effective we can be. But it doesn't stop there. There are other things that actually cause us to become blind. One of them which is not mentioned here, but do you know that the moment you and I get lifted up with pride, we start to become blind, supernaturally. It amazes me that people that are so raised up in pride can't see how foolish they really are. Has it ever occurred to you? I look back at my life when I was filled with pride and I thought I was really the bee's knees. Fantastic. Looking back now, I'm so ashamed. But you see, what was the problem? When you and I get involved with pride, that's when God resists us and we become blind. The more pride you and I allow in our lives, the blinder we become. And so it's a great challenge in our lives to walk humbly with our God and realize there's always more to know there's always more to learn, and only with a humble heart will God be able to teach us. But the other thing that's mentioned here, and this is really the heart of it all, you see, it talks about walking in love. It equates walking in love with walking in the light. Let's just go to 1 John 2, verse 9 to 11. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother, is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. Do you see that? 
and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Can you see that? The moment you and I fall foul of hating somebody, disliking people, taking offense, not forgiving, the moment we fall for that, those tricks of the devil, we become blind. Perhaps you've heard of the phrase blind hatred. Well, you see, that's what happens to people that give in to hatred of any kind. They become totally blind to the truth. Our country's got quite a history of that. In the days of the Boer War, such hatred was generated between the British and the Afrikaner that for decades after that, some families would not associate. In some parts of our country, Afrikaans' children were not allowed to go and play with the English. Now you see, what's the problem with that? Why is that? Does it mean that because people speak English, they're bad people? Or because people speak Afrikaans, they're bad people? Or because they're white, they're bad people? Or because they're black, they're bad people? You understand? What's happened? The moment we give in to any form of hatred, we can't see straight. We can't see clearly. We can't realize that people are people, some are good, some are bad. We have to just take people as they come. And the love of God, of course, can cleanse all these things away. But you see, we've got to be so careful. If you and I fall into unforgiveness, especially, we become blinded. We can't see, as they say, the wood for the trees. We can't let people go. We can't accept that maybe one day they will change. We have already changed. We don't know. We don't really care. That hatred has made us blind. We've got to be so careful of these things. You see, to walk in the light, we have to continually be careful. We have to exercise caution all the time. We cannot allow these negative impulses to infiltrate us. Because the moment we do, the moment we do, we stop thinking rationally. Have you ever come across people? Irrational fear. Irrational hatred. Irrational impulse. Some people would say to you, how could I have been so stupid? Have you ever said that? How could I have been so stupid? Some incident happened where you responded to your carnal nature, as it were, your anger, whatever, and you did something totally rational, and you look back at it after many years of regret, and you say, how could I have been so stupid? Well, the truth is, you and I weren't stupid. What happened is, we were blinded. Darkness came over us. Can you see that? We gave darkness a right to blind us. So we have to be careful. But brothers and sisters, it does not stop there. Let's just turn to one other scripture in closing. Matthew five, fourteen to 16. You see, this is the same person, Yeshua our Lord, who proclaimed boldly, I am the light of the world. 
He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So you and I have the light of life. But in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, listen to what he says. You are the light of the world. Can you see that? In a sense, what he was saying, I am the light. I've come here to set you on fire. You are now the light. Then he goes on to say, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can you see? This walking in the light is not just a personal, private thing that you and I do between us and our God. It's much more than that. Once you and I are walking in the light, walking in the truth, having a knowledge of the truth, we have a responsibility to proclaim it to those who are walking in darkness. Not only proclaim it, but to live it. Can you see that? We can't hide it under a hill. There's no such thing as a closet Christian. Did you know that? I understand people living in places where Christianity is viciously persecuted. They have to exercise caution. But you see, we're not talking about blabbing about the fact that we are Christians to all and sundry. What we are talking about here is being an example of the light, walking in the truth, and ready to help others avoid the pitfalls that are coming their way. The other evening I was studying the Word, and I was working by candlelight for one reason or another, and the candle that I was using was coming to an end. And for some reason... I was so fascinated by the last flickering light coming from this quickly decaying wick. And I just sensed the Lord begin to speak to me. I just thought, once this was a tall, proud candle, as it were, and it got lit and it started to give off light. But now, after a few evenings having been used extensively, what is left of it? This one little piece of rapidly disappearing wick, and soon that would be gone in a puff of smoke. Did you know something? It reminded me of our lives. And I was thinking of that scripture where it says that the man is like the grass that withers and dies, and today it's gone, places remembered no more. Well, that's you and I. But I just thought about it this way. The only thing that candle left behind, just think about it, the only thing that candle left behind was all the light throughout its life that it had released into the world. Can you see the message? Can you see what God was saying to me? The only thing you're going to leave behind, Graham, is the light that you've shed in your life. How does that translate? into practical everyday work. Well, it's as much of the truth as you shared with people along the way, as much kindness and goodness that you've done to people along the way, the influence you've had on people, extending the kingdom of heaven. That's the light you've shed in this world. Whatever writings, whatever songs, all of those things, if they bring light into the world, that's all you leave behind. And you see, it made this understanding of walking in the light 
so much richer for me. Brothers and sisters, we are charged to walk in the light. You see, what sin does is it works in the darkness. And one of the greatest cures for sin is to bring it out into the light. That's what confession is about. That's what profession is about. When you and I go to God and say, Father God, I've done this. I had to turn away from you when I did it because it was evil. But I'm turning to you now and I'm professing it. I'm confessing it. I'm agreeing with you that it is sin. In a sense, what am I doing? Bringing it into the light. You see, the moment we bring it into the light, the blood of his son washes it, cleanses us, and it loses its power. It loses its power. We were not called to walk in the darkness, but to walk in the light. And not only that, not just to walk in the light, but to be the light to a dying world. I pray that this world around us, those who are dwelling in a land of the shadow of death, because of you and I, and because of what he's done for us, they'll see a great light. Be blessed in the wonderful name of Yeshua.